This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. He set the record for the most sacks in NFL history before turning 25, but yeah. then he had that neck injury a couple of years ago. I, I think he'd had enough of Mike Zimmer as well. I think that was part of it, frankly. And, uh, you know, he's been off track the past the past few years. Although, look, he did have 10.5 sacks last year, quietly 10.5 sacks yeah. for one of the worst defenses in football. The question becomes, one more year with him in Brian Flores' defense, or do they move him to someone else? It's only $5.5 million this year. Uh, that, that seems wrong. That seems low. It's not wrong. That's why he's not happy. I love how everyone's piecing this together now with Daniil Hunter. It's like, wait a second. Well, don't they know, too, that it's 5 and a half because they have, like, twice or three times yeah. redid the contract to get the money that was, that did exist there into yeah. earlier years. So he'd be happy then. Yeah. This is a, this is a weird one. Like we've been talking about this for months and you could see it coming and it's no surprise. And it's like, people are like, Oh man, Daniel Hunter's a problem. Well, yeah, it was going to be a problem from the day the contract was restructured to pay him five and a half in 2023. Yeah. Well, we should. So we're going to do a couple things today here, by the way, happy mandatory mini camp week. Oh, God. It's one of the more celebrated weeks in the NFL offseason. We're going to send Judd down there with his binoculars. He's going to get rejected by Jordan Addison, hopefully. And uh, you're going to be taking copious notes digitally on your phone for some OTA observations, or I guess we're going to call them mini camp musings. What are we? Oh, I like that. What are yeah, we calling sure. camp musings? Mini camp musings is, is good. Yeah, we're going to have. Mini notes. Uh, no, I think music. I love that word. Musings is just a great word. Musings, good one. Musings, yeah. Okay. That's like the most active. So I have a Slack channel with all my high school friends, and it has like twelve different feeds from like career talk to relationship advice, and one of them is just musings. Just musings. That's the <laughs> name of the channel. So if it doesn't fit into relationship advice <laughs> yeah. or fancy football it or something, goes into there. Yeah, just like this I guess bit we'll just of throw nebulous it in here. stuff. Yeah, it's perfect though because I'm. I just googled the uh, definition. Musings, a period of reflection or thought. So Judd's going to reflect. I'm going to reflect and think and a lot. Thoughts. <laughs> Starting tomorrow. So so tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to try and figure this out. I guess Wednesday we could do, because you're going to be at practice, we got to figure out like the write that down predictions. But we're, So our schedule is going to be a little bit weirder in terms of when you get the episodes on Purple Daily this week. We're probably going to go live in the afternoons after uh, practices, but... We'll let you guys know. By the way, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl around here at some point before we die. 
And uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. They have award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. And a shout-out to our friends quickly at Meadows at Mystic, Declan. Man, it is golf season. Old Macadag, by the way. I got an embarrassing story to tell I, at some I point later, saw. but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lesson on Tuesday. Oh boy, All it's right. a different story. It's not that it's not the Friday night at Target Field story, but I was so bad at a at a club fitting that they said go take a lesson and come back. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, well, how about this? The Mel's at Mystic Lake offers lessons, Phil. You can go down okay, there. Good. You can go check out this pro shop too. You can stock up on a pair. You can get the father in law maybe. Uh, even a little gift card at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Father-in-law, Father's Day is coming up here. Uh, go to golfthemeadows.com to secure those tee times. They got the frequent player card, too, which gives you access to three-week advance for those tee times. And again, that pro shop, it's, it's stock full of plenty of great stuff. You can go to golfthemeadows.com to learn more. That's golfthemeadows.com. Yeah, uh, yeah kid. 19th uh, hole, Mackie. 19th hole. <laughs> Retire. I, like be, I, I, want, I want the first 18 and the 19th. But, yeah, me too. You know, yeah, you know what? Forget about the first. 18. Mystic so Judd, got you, a ton of good ball, right? You go out there, get a surly. <laughs> that's all you need. I don't know why you guys are pushing it. Is the spot over yet? Yeah, we? yeah we're good now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you, it's a Monday. I'm being positive. Uh, so you're going to give us later in the episode here, you're going to give us some, uh, some just mini camp preview musings, which we'll get to. But the internet is Full of Daniil Hunter trade ideas. Ever since the Ian Rappaport report came out like four days ago, hey, the Vikings are taking calls on Hunter. Is this just to you know create a leverage point for a contract getting finalized? Are they actually entertaining tradings? But once that's out there, all these other fan bases are like, and these blog websites are just sharks circling in the water. Oh, man, we could fleece the Vikings for Daniil Hunter. So... Let's just start with this one here. This is actually from our guy, Eric Eager, who we had on the show early last week from Sumer Sports. And it's funny because we floated this exact same idea, and I'm I'm not saying that. I think he came to this conclusion independently. I, uh, I sent out a tweet with this one back in January. He sent it out a couple days ago, too. So here's the first trade idea. You guys shoot it down or accept it however you want. The 49ers receive Daniil Hunter. The Vikings receive... Trey Lance under contract for three more years and some sort of draft pick compensation, like a day two or day three pick, like a third or a fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. Do you say yes to this if you're the Vikings? Ooh. Probably not, because when is Trey Lance going to get an opportunity to play for me? And and I need – it's a race against his contract because – if I can't play him till next year, now he's down to, what, two years left, including the fifth-year option, if I'm not mistaken. So given the commitment to Kirk that remains, um, for Daniil Hunter, I probably don't. But keep in mind, too, and I'm the guy that was all for, and I keep banging this drum, almost every move that the Vikings have made of a veteran player, which right now, of the guys that they have you know, traded or or they have released or allowed to walk in free agency. Almost every one of those moves I applauded and called for. Daniil Hunter, I'm not calling for. So, like, I don't feel the need to – I'm not lumping him in with Dalvin Cook or Thielen or Pat P. My feelings about him are different. Yes, he's not young, 
but he is a more productive player. But the Trey Lance thing right now, I don't know about that because I guess my question is this. When am I going to – I need to know what the plan with Kirk is. Okay. Well, what if just for fun – and I don't know. I guess if you're going to trade Kirk, and I don't think that's happening at this point, but if just to entertain this premise – if you were going to trade Kirk, the Niners make a lot of sense because he'd have to waive his no trade clause to green light it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how many teams would he do that for at this stage in the game? Yes, sir. I guess you could engage Vegas, who's having all sorts of problems now with that Jimmy Garoppolo physical, right? They had to take guaranteed money away. So they, they're, they're trying to make it. Tom Brady just came in. They're trying to make a big splash. They got this new stadium, everything. And they have kind of a fart noise at quarterback with a broken Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So you could then turn around and, but but Kirk would have to green light. Yeah, and and I there's think, almost I don't think there's any way that would happen. Agreed. Unless it's San Francisco. So so your answer would be Trey Lance sits behind Cousins for a year, yeah. and then he becomes the Vikings starting quarterback for the last two years of his contract, starting in 2024. That intrigued me more in January th- than now because I'm less certain about what the answer on Kirk is, and I also want to know then. How are you going to develop Trey Lance quickly enough? Because you're going to then have to turn around. I mean, let's say they make this trade and Kirk walks after 2023. Now you're going to have two years of Trey Lance, and then it's either going to be, what, a mammoth contract or he potentially walks. I find this one to be very murky right now. I'd rather get a. I'd rather get a first. If I'm going to trade Daniil, I would rather try to get a first-round pick that I have in my possession as opposed to to Trey Lance, which I will fully admit is different than how I felt in January when it when I thought there was more of a blank canvas for how you might go about things. Okay. Yeah, I'm out on this. Uh, I'd rather get higher draft capital. Um, Trey Lance is still, I know he was a first-round pick, but you just, you just don't really know what you have there. It doesn't seem like he's getting a whole lot of vote of confidence, too, in San Francisco. It's not like he's wowing everyone in practice. I know the other options right now are Sam Darnold and a bionic, basically, um, uh, Brock Purdy. But I'd rather take high draft capital than take a chance on a, like a third round pick plus Trey Lance. No, I, I need to get more for Daniel Hunter, in my opinion. So I would want more than that. Well, actually, the word is because he worked out with Patrick Mahomes for a few weeks or I don't know, a couple of days, whatever it was, that he looks way better at practice. Which nice. is, I, I, and that could be Forty ers propaganda that they're putting well, out too. And keep in mind, though, we have seen this story before. Tebow being a perfect example. You change well, your Lance me- is better than Tebow, right? right? No, I mean- but I'm saying the fundamental flaws of your mechanics, a lot of times you can change in practice and then games start. So, like, I would need to know that. I would need to see him because if you if he's going to slip back to the to the mechanics pre-Mahomes workouts, then you got the same problem to try to un- undo. Like, this is a, this is a fairly complicated issue. I would. It's funny because I would. I'm still sort of interested in Trey Lance as just a buy low stock, but I feel like Hunter is worth more than a quarterback. You're going to sit for a year and then he gets kind of expensive in a couple of years. Correct. And, yep. So yeah, like if you're going to trade Hunter for a future quarterback, wouldn't you rather it just be? And again, maybe you can't get a first round pick, a late first round pick. Maybe that's not the going rate. And we'll get to some of these other ideas. I would rather trade. If you said trade Hunter for Lance or Cousins for Lance, I'd rather trade Cousins for Lance plus draft pick capital because then I'd have a cheaper quarterback going forward at least for a few years, and I'd probably then re-sign Daniel Hunter with some of the leftover savings, although the savings 
because you're still on the hook for like $28 million for Cousins and avoid you next year. But, all right, so we're all kind of wishy-washy on that idea. Uh, here's a few from Predominantly Orange, which is a Broncos blog. And this might tell you how other fan bases view the value of Daniil Hunter. So the, the, there's three ideas here. The first one is the Broncos received Daniil Hunter. The Vikings received three draft picks. A fourth and a fifth in the 2024 draft, and then a fourth in the 2025 draft. So you'd get two fourths and a fifth over the next couple of years for Daniil Hunter. Or the terms of the Khalil Mack trade again when the Bears sent him to the Chargers. Uh, Do you remember that one? I've cited it before, but I, it escapes me. I think it was something like three draft picks. Uh, it was higher than this, right? Wasn't it? I, guess, so, I think it was, yes. And that was that was going to be my point. To me, that's a starting point right there. 2022 second round pick, yes. 2023 sixth round pick. Yep. I would need a higher pick. You, yep. you just threw at me a bunch of picks, but, they're, but they weren't the right picks. Yeah, because part of this is, you know, it's nice to have fourth and fifth rounders for depth and to package to move up in the third or something. But if you want to move up in the first at some point for a successor to Kirk, you're going to need more than a small bag of fourth and fifth round picks. You're going to need first, seconds, et cetera, right? Exactly. So okay. No for me, dog. Yes, yeah, no. All right. Stop me if I, if I get to one. It's a no for me, too. If I get to one that you like here, here's two more ideas from predominantly orange. So the Broncos would get Daniil Hunter. The Vikings would get Quinn Miners who's a 24-year-old right guard, one of the actually one of the better right guards in the NFL. He's young, two more years of team control. Only 16 pressures allowed all year last year. Hmm. For context, Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram combined to allow 118 pressures. That's not good. So this would be a, a good, I think he's a Wisconsin Whitewater guy too, if I'm not mistaken. He was drafted a couple years ago. So you get a, a good, young, 24-year-old guard and a 2024 fifth-round pick. What was, what was the first draft pick you said? The fifth? And just Or just the guard in the fifth, that's all it was? The guard in the fifth. guard in the fifth. I'm intrigued by this one more, for sure. I would still, yeah, I would, I would just, I would rather them get at least like a second-round pick minimum for draft capital. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And plus, like, you should, and I, we keep saying this for years, you should be able to find guards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. go find a guard somewhere. You shouldn't have to trade Daniil Hunter for a guard. This feels like bad process to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Would I like Quinn Miners? Would he be their best guard? Yes. Should you have to trade one of the top 10 edge rushers in the game for a guard and a fifth-round pick? I don't know. That's the thing is, uh, you are trading, and I, I firmly believe that Daniil still remains this, you are trading a premium position player. And if you get a guard back, okay, that's great. And yes, the the value of guards has definitely risen in recent years, but it's still not a premium position. Like, if I'm going to trade you a guy who's going to, let's say, get, I don't know, if it's a bit of an off year, 10 sacks, and if it's an on year, 16, 17 sacks like that, um, I would, I again, much prefer higher draft picks, higher yes. draft capital, because then I can potentially go out with that pick if I use it and get a premium position myself in the first round. Yeah, this is uh this is just this is like in baseball trading a shortstop or a center fielder for a relief pitcher yeah, or who a would first baseman or something. Who would trade their shortstop for a relief pitcher with the Baltimore Orioles and get Jim Holy? Who would do that, Phil? That's right. I forgot about that, but 
The, the Twins also once traded a franchise catcher, Wilson Ramos, for uh, Matt Caps, a reliever. So they've done it a couple times. Okay, and then this is the last one from Predominantly Orange. They're they're definitely desperate for Daniil Hunter. So they want Daniil, but they're not willing to give up anything. So they want <laughs> Daniil Hunter, and they're going to give up Baron Browning, who's a 24-year-old edge rusher. He was a third-round pick out of Ohio State a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He had six sacks, 34 pressures last year. So he's like a young edge rusher with upside. Okay. And then you'd also get a 2025 third-round pick. You have to, so you'd have to wait. You'd have to wait on that. Now, do they not have dumb question? If they have a 2024 third rounder, okay, like maybe it's a, a conversation. But your thoughts? This probably comes the closest of the three. I, I don't know enough about Browning to definitively say yes, though. Um, I think if I was to talk to um, George and Sean Payton and said, yes, I will trade you, Daniil Hunter, I think at the end of the day, I would say I need a second-round pick, and if he gets double-digit sacks or you make the playoffs, it becomes your first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Because you know what the thing here is? Yes, Daniel Hunter's contract is currently constituted for 2023 is not fair in, in the sense that he deserves more. But that being said, you're not dealing from a position of weakness here if you're crazy. He's under contract. Kind of. Right. I mean, he's, but I mean, he's not. But like, is he going to sit out an entire season and forfeit every penny of that? My my point is this one's worth playing hardball on a bit to get the compensation if you're going to trade him. And we'll talk well, he about would, that. But, but. but he would only be forfeiting every penny of five million dollars. That's the, that's the thing. I know. But does it do Which to, to us? Awesome. That'd be great to have five million dollars. But to him, it's like, is it even worth it for him? This is, sounds crazy, but. Is it even worth him playing for $5 million? Or or would he rather go do something else with his time? I think he'd rather play. He He's already missed in the past, what, three years now, a full season and essentially a half of a season. Long story short is I need to get what I want back here. This is not Cook. You know, Cook is, okay, if you could have got a draft pick, that would be cool. But at the end of the day, you're not going to really sweat that one, right? Thielen, Kendricks, they're gone. Okay. This is one where, in my opinion, I need to get something that at least resembles what I want back, or else I'm not going to I'm just I'm not going to make him happy and trade him because he told me he might not play. Also, I don't these teams like the Broncos, for instance, I get it. I get why they would be interested, but if you can't get, if you don't have the capital to give up a first or a second round pick, I don't want your like twenty four year old edge rusher with some upside right. that has two years left on his contract. I don't really want that. Agree totally. I want a first or a second round pick. That's what I would want, so that the Vikings can go and get someone. Because you can always, if you trade Daniel Hunter now, you don't need to fill his spot with like their edge rusher that they're sending you, who's not that good. You would just go sign Justin Houston or somebody, or go sign. No, go sign Ingram. Like there's there's veterans out there you could go sign for one year and then you would go draft whoever you want at the end of the first round next year. So that's kind of where I'm at. Now there's some other teams. You know, I'm trying to see like who has first round picks next year and doesn't, but I've seen Jacksonville pop up. Who are some teams that are looking to take the next step that have a first or a second round pick in the 2024 draft? Jacksonville is a team I would engage with for sure. Uh the San Francisco idea is a really interesting one. 
and they can probably make it work cap wise because you could shove money into the future on the extension. So there's some I mean, people are floating like the New York Giants as a team that all right we're committed to winning. You got Brian Dable, you signed Daniel Jones, like they're trying to win. Yep. So I would go to a team that has a first or second round pick, and I would be I would be more engaged with them than these teams that don't have those picks. But we can offer you like our right guard and a fifth round pick. Yep. I don't know. Doesn't do a whole lot. I personally would love to see what he wants though. So because it's it is very fair to tear up the last year of his contract and extend him, and if the ask is it's going to be expensive, but if the ask is reasonable, especially from a term standpoint, okay, this is when I want to get done here. Personally, I want to get this this one done. I think that there's enough left in the tank that un- unless they have intelligence that we don't know about the neck, which I don't think has given him a problem. Since he came back from that, I think it was, what, 2021, I, as far as I know, that neck's been fine. But unless they have intelligence that that is some type of ticking time bomb, unlike Cook and Thielen and Peterson and Kendricks, this is one I want done. I want him back. If, if I'm the Vikings, I don't see a tremendous upside unless you had gone with, okay, guess what? We're stripping things down. And there seems to be, and it's been led by Florio stuff, there's this weird impression being created that the Vikings have stripped things down. No, they're not. They're getting rid of aging players. They're doing the right thing. Now, the Hunter one I would not agree with. But, like, I don't understand why there's so much general media confusion about this. It is funny. It's like it's the Vikings wrong. are literally saying goodbye to players that are on the edge of or over the age cliff. And it's being painted as, oh, they're getting rid of their nucleus. Well, yeah, but that that was the nucleus five years ago. This is the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if it's just casual observer things. They're, they are better off without Kendricks, Dalvin Cook, and Adam Thielen, and Patrick Peterson. And Patrick Peterson. In they're man. a better team 100%. with those guys gone from the team. And it sounds, maybe there's a leadership void. I get it. And, and I think Eric Kendricks has a little bit left in the tank as like a first two downs linebacker. But And can Thielen be a number three receiver in the catch passes in the red zone? Like, yeah, I mean, those guys can, are still going to put up some product productivity, but you can't you can't run a bunch of dudes out there who are over the age of thirty year after year and expect uh, to get better. So I'm with you. What a weird narrative. Well, it's weird, and and it's like every one of those guys, especially that core group, Thielen, Cook, Kendricks, they will probably go to their new teams and play a different role. Right? It's going to be a different role. It's not going to be what they did here. You, if you're the Vikings and O'Connell, and he's smart enough to know this, you can't like re-sign them, cut their contracts, and then assign them new roles. Hey, Talvin, you're gonna you're gonna be our home run guy, but other than that, you're not gonna play. He's not gonna do that here. His pride's too much, you know, which I'm fine with. But it's just this weird. I don't understand. Like, how often have we bitched and moaned about the about the fact that this team far too often has stood pat, r- ran it back. And it's like, that's not the right way. And they finally have a front office and coach who's like, you know what? Purple Daily was right the entire time. And <laughs> that's, people that's go guaranteed what they're saying and, behind the scenes. And people too, go crazy. Clearly. But to what you're saying, Phil, people now are going crazy about, oh, man, what are they doing? Stripping it down. They won 13 games. Here's the last point, too, that I really don't get. Everyone I know who knows football, for the most part, agrees that 13 wins was rather a fluke. You know? We've talked about this a lot. Eight or nine wins, probably, not 13 wins. Okay. The Vikings said the same thing. So they're like, okay, 
we're going to strip some of this apart because 13 wins was fun, but it was a fluke. And a lot of the people that agree it was a fluke are like, how can you get rid of those guys now? I know. That's what? a great point. What are you lot, talking like, like about? Na- like national media voices that continued to not put the Vikings in the same conversation as the Eagles, and correctly so. The Eagles and the Chiefs and these other teams now are turning around and being like, how could you do this? What do you mean? It's like, well, what do you mean? In October and November, you were not buying stock on the Vikings, and you were right. <laughs> you were probably right that they weren't going to make a deep playoff run. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, let us know. Would you entertain, or what type of trade would you actually entertain for Daniil Hunter? Hit us up, Purple Daily YouTube comment section. You can tweet at us uh, pretty much any hour of the day. Before we get to Judd's minicamp preview musings here, things that he's going to have his eye on, a shout-out to our friends at Athletic Greens. AG1 is like nutritional insurance to start your day. So, by the way, I actually first heard about Athletic Greens six years ago on one of my favorite podcasts, and that's how I started using uh, Athletic Greens and AG1. So it's kind of cool now that I get to tell you guys, the Purple Daily audience, about this product, which um, gives you high, 75 high-quality ingredients, important daily nutrients, brain fog lifted for me, energy levels heightened, helps with my gut health. You can either put a scoop in your water in the morning to start your day or maybe middle of the day to you know to, to fight off that like 2 o'clock, 2.30 brain fog that some people can uh, can suffer from. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash purple daily. Athleticgreens.com slash purple daily. Also, while we're in the spirit of uh, getting our health in check, how about Livia when it comes to losing weight, Judd? That's a great point because guess what? They are going to help you drop weight. A couple of years ago, I dropped 40 pounds. And the most important thing is they're going to help you keep that weight off. That's how the guy on the left went to become the guy on the right. Those are both sports dad. Those are sports, both sports dad. You're saying, so what's the difference? It's the weight loss, right? Well, let me tell you right now that if you are in the market, if you've gotten on that scale or tried on some clothes and they don't fit great, I have the answer for you. And right now, the offer is this, eight weeks free. That's right. How would you like to go into July dropping weight? You can be down 15 pounds in July. And that's just a start. And again, they're going to help you keep that weight off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia Weight Control Centers. It's worked for me. It's worked for a ton of people who watch PD. And now it can work for you. Feel great. Look great. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Now that you feel great, look great, look at this journey that we're taking you on here on Purple Daily. How about you get on one of those brand new Bennington pontoons from our friends at Power Lodge, and Miller Marine, a marriage of throttle therapy, both fun on the land and fun on the water. So uh, the Bennington pontoons right now are at 28,888 in celebration of the temperatures hitting 88 degrees about a week ago for the first time. Uh, you can also finance that Bennington pontoon for just 288 a month if you want to go that route. Look at I can see Judd, this the wind blowing through his hair. <laughs> Blowing through his Helga horns on that Bennington pontoon. <laughs> sports dad, completely relaxed, at ease. Guess what? You know what? The sports teams in this town can drive us crazy. So as Phil just said, what you need is throttle therapy. You need to get on a gorgeous summer day in that Bennington and just relax and enjoy. Watch the sunset. Enjoy life. And your Bennington is going to help you do exactly that. Uh, that's PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com to check out their selection. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All right, give us a few things that you're going to have your eye on. Some preview mini camp musings from Judd here. All right, I got four things for you, boys. Four things that I'm going to be watching closely. And by extension, because you are part of the family, everybody out there, you are going to be watching too. I'm going to represent you, but Purple Daily will be out there at mini camp Tuesday and Wednesday as the Vikings have their final workouts before they go off into the summer. Hopefully everybody keeps their nose clean and then they return in late July for training camp. All right. The first thing is an extension of what we just talked about, but it actually involves more than one name here. And that is this talking point one. Are we going to see Daniil and Justin Jefferson? Now, Justin Jefferson's an interesting case, but ladies and gentlemen, he has not been in Minnesota, the best of my knowledge, for OTAs at all. I don't know when the last time he set foot in TCL was. Perhaps it was at the end of when they had their exit meetings uh, at the end of the season after the Giants' loss. But these are two huge storylines for different reasons. Both can be fine, by the way, if they don't, or will be fine, if they don't show show up. This is the only offseason thing that is two days. It's two days. It's mandatory. The Jefferson one, though... Since we just talked extensively, you guys, about the the uh, Hunter situation, the Jefferson one intrigues me because you got to figure this contract is going to get done. Um, it's going it. He still has two years left on his current contract, but he can now, for the first time since he uh, entered the league, negotiate a second contract. And the Jefferson one, my guess is this: there's a fairly strong chance we don't see Daniel on Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson. I think we see him. I think he shows up not to get fined and does not practice. So as long as he's there, I think the team can say that's enough. But my guess is we see Jefferson, but he does not step foot on the practice field. Daniil, I think there's a very good chance we don't see. The Daniil thing seems a little more contentious now that the report leaked last week that leaked, right? And Someone's clearly unhappy enough to make it to make it known that there's a gap in the two sides and now trade discussions are happening. It would seem like maybe his agent is putting stuff out there or his camp in some, in some fashion. I can't tell on the Jefferson front. Do you, do you get the sense that he's unhappy or do you think it's just, this is just standard procedure and they're working on an historic non quarterback contract. So just, you know, do whatever makes you comfortable. No need to show up until the mandatory. Well, I think they'd like to see him. So I think that there is probably a bit of contentiousness because this contract is going to be a hard contract. Like it's going to be, um, he is going to end up, I'm almost certain of this, as the highest paid non-quarterback in the entire league. But is it contentious? Probably not because it's going to get done. Um, I would guess from the way that O'Connell answered the question a couple weeks ago about Jefferson's whereabouts, it didn't sound contentious. But I mean, a coach always wants his guys there. So I'm not going to downplay it completely, but yes, I don't think it's at like a point of a holdout. I do, yeah. I do think that this is the type of second contract, though, because Jefferson's a superstar. 
we rarely see. So I wouldn't just assume that it's like all of the second contracts that eventually get done. I think it's probably a little bit more difficult because the Jefferson camp is going to probably ask for things the Vikings won't give. Like there has to be a back and forth. So I would say it lies in between like 50%. You know, it's not contentious, but I'm sure there's haggling. Sounds like to uh, his agent specifically is playing some hardball. Uh, Daniel Hunter's agent, who also represents Byron Murphy Jr., uh, he also represents Christian Kirk, who got a humongous payday, kind of out of nowhere with Jacksonville last year, too. So the agent's playing hardball. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. The agent has also, and I'm sure that this creates a little bit of the um, contentiousness between the two sides. The agent, when it comes to the Vikings, especially with with Hunter, who, by the way, Hunter will not fire this guy. Like, it's come up before, and he's like, that's my guy, ride or die, but... The agent has been handed his lunch by Brzezinski and the Vikings on Hunter at every turn. And how much do the Vikings? Because the Vikings aren't trying to make him unhappy or anything. You know, they yeah. I, the first the first contract was agreed upon by both parties a handful of years ago, and then the rework of the contract was in the middle of this murky injury period for Daniil, right? So I get the Vikings hesitation, and now it's like now they have to be careful not paying for past production when they're looking at a guy who's going to be 29. Yes, exactly. So I don't think the Vikings are sitting in a room every day, every year, like, let's, how do we screw and hoodwink Daniel Hunter and his agent? I think it's just the way that things have played out the last five years. That second contract, though, what was anyone from the Hunter camp thinking? Like, it was... What, what should he have What should he have done? I'm trying to think of the timing of it. Should they have played more hardball or because wasn't he in the middle of a neck injury when that discussion was happening? No, I'm saying it. So that oh, con- you're talking the his first contract after his rookie. Yes. Year. I'm talking his second contract. Now all they've done was they have shoved money in that contract up before and again, but yes, that's so when he had played because he, he was what a third round pick when Daniel Hunter got done with his first four year contract, they should have banked that, and instead they took a, you know, God bless them, team-friendly deal, which never made any sense. I will say real quick, Daniil Hunter in eight seasons in the NFL has made $75 million. So it's not, it's also not like he's, there are some players out there, running backs, if you get, if you're a running back, and you get drafted in the third, fourth, or fifth round or something, and now it's contract time. And yep. So you didn't get the big first-round payday. You know, it's there's guys out there that never get the payday. Daniel Hunter has at least made $75 million playing football. So I think sometimes we painted, like, yeah, he, he had an undervalued contract a few years ago, but he's also made crazy generational money, and and that's including two major injuries in the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. So let's it's a see status thing. All right, what's the second thing you're looking at? All right, the second uh, pre-minicamp musing is this. Opportunity knocks is the statement. Wow. The competition at wide receiver. There are 13 wide receivers on the roster, okay? Jefferson, in my opinion, there or not, will not practice. Addison hasn't practiced since the rookie camp, and we're told it's not a, you know, we're told it's not a concern, but he did not take part in any OTA that was open to us, and I'm pretty sure that in the nine OTAs, he watched them all. So, K.J. Osborne's going to enter this camp as the top 
uncontested receiver. But after that, we have some interesting opportunities here for guys that are they're going to have to plug in and play, which is great for them. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you at least uh, three names here. Okay, let's start with this one, Jalen Naylor. Jalen Naylor, who I think showed some big play potential, is going to get some extensive time here. The second one, he's only 5'8", but he's a former Ram, Brandon Powell. And Powell, last season with the Rams, roll guy, 24 catches, 156 yards. He's also spent time with Detroit and Atlanta. And the last name, because I think this is probably a last gasp in some ways, but he's going to get a chance, Jalen Rager. Yeah. It's kind of shocking, actually, that he's been – Yeah. Dude, that guy's a first-round pick, man. In Philadelphia and here, he just can't he can't get involved in the offense. Well, Laquan Treadwell, what what was his name? The, the guy that was here for just a heartbeat, but he was drafted, I think, first round by Washington. Was it Josh Doxson? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's you know? Right. But, I mean, you've got a lot guy. of these guys that are seen as these saviors and then completely fall on, on their face. Yeah, well, I think... I think Jalen Naylor has a better chance to be productive than Jalen Rager in the offense. Is that a hot take? No, no, that's hot. I think it's reasonable. I think you'd rather have those guys on the roster than Jalen Rager. I'd rather see what you have in Naylor. Rather, what you have in Powell. Rager, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's just a camp guy. I agree with that. Real quick on Rager, it's kind of amazing. You've got this. What's the NFL worth now? Like the annual revenue? It's like a twelve billion dollar thing. Yep. Every franchise, the valuation of every franchise is two, three, four, six billion dollars. You've got these high-level scouts. It's the biggest and most, I would say, detailed sports league in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got all these scouting departments that look at a guy like Jalen Rager and say, "Yeah, that's one of the twenty best players in the world in this draft." And for him to be unusable offensively for three years, isn't that weird? Christian Ponder, like, how how do those well, mistakes happen? The receiver thing to me is not weird because it's it's a huge swing and a miss. But my opinion of the receiver issue is this: okay, just because a guy is a good athlete and looks good in college, in what is often a very simplified scheme, yeah, you have to damn well know starting day one if that guy can run a route. And it's and it, yeah, and we've explained this before too. Because people, like, what do you mean he can't run a route? He's yeah. physically, he's a, he's a great athlete who ran a great 40 and stuff. It's about depth, and it's literally about sometimes reading off the line of scrimmage. Am I supposed to do this or that based on what the defense is showing? Yes. So a lot of it's just like the mental aspect of what am I supposed to do when the ball is snapped based on the look that I'm getting. And some guys, just, they just kind of freak out with that calculus staring at them. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. Minicamp musing number three is this. Welcome to the new world Minnesota Vikings, and I mean the new world of running backs. So Madison's going to become the top back, but make no mistake, he is not Dalvin Cook, nor is he going to be asked to be Cook. And so the Vikings are finally, in 2023, joining the running back by committee world, which is not a bad thing, but it's going to be Madison, Ty Chandler, Kane Wangwu, and Dwayne McBride, the seventh-round pick, all getting chances. Now, here's my question, okay? 
and I know I've I've started to dismiss this now as a lost cause, but in watching the OTAs, and I watched this guy get um, some pretty substantial work, at least, in the last OTA that we went to. You know who intrigues me here? Because I think Ty Chandler is going to be the two, and I think McBride eventually is going to get a chance as well. I don't know if it's going to be immediately or not. But I want to talk about Wong Wu, okay? Because two coaching staffs have basically said, eh, and it's two very different coaching staffs. I mean, offensive philosophies entirely different. But when I watch Kane, I got to think his lack of opportunity partially comes from, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he is really necessarily in tune consistently with what they're trying to to do, i.e. complete your assignment. But when you see that speed and you also realize that the league is looking that they can do uh, everything they can do to get rid of kickoffs. You say to yourself, okay, he's either really not worthy of being on the roster because the kickoff is damn near dead. Or is part of your year two project, if you're O'Connell, finding ways to involve that ability. Find a way to involve, and I'm not saying a lot, but, you know, it seemed in the OTA he was getting some work there. And I just, I wonder with Dalvin gone, there was such a default to use Cook, right? And to use Cook in all roles. I wonder if Wang Wu could sneak his way in to some opportunities because he still has an athletic makeup that has to yeah. intrigue him. I think my my comeback to that would be there there was nothing stopping that from happening last year. You know, yeah. it was, I guess you could say, well, Dalvin Cook took up 65% of the yep. rushing touches, like the the rushing attempts. So maybe now that you clear that out and you're going to replace some of that 65% with Alex Madison getting more touches, and then you're going to mix in uh, Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride, maybe is there room for, for like 5% Kane Wangwu experimental? Right. But that experimental stuff could have happened last year. So Kane Wangwu, small sample size. He ran the ball nine times for 14 yards last year, and he only caught two passes. Uh, so I don't know that there's enough sample size, but it wasn't like, all right, if we, we're going to give you nine nine carries, kid, make it go, make it happen. And he made nothing happen. His long run was eight yards, and he really didn't do any of this in college either. He was a he was kind of a he was a backup running back and a return specialist in college. So I'd like to see it, but at some point, if it didn't happen in college, it hasn't happened through two coaching regimes to this point. Uh, I'm I'm done hoping for it. Yeah. I think if it happens, awesome, pleasant surprise. That's where I'm at with this. Yeah, he just had 18 snaps on the entire offense last year, and with KOC and Wes Phillips still here, it's not like it's not like a new regime's coming in. It's, oh, there's a there's a new secret weapon here. Um, if he's still going to be a special teams guy, which he was last year, I, I don't know if he was on punt returns too. I don't know if he was doing stuff there, but I mean, he had a ton of special team snaps, and I think that's just who he is. I think he's a special teams ace. That's probably on a fringe of maybe not making this roster because of the new rules, but I, I don't think that there's a new level for him to get this year, new opportunity for him either. Yeah. I mean, punt returns would be something to add even before yeah. being like the, the fourth running back. I think he's very clearly the fourth running back who can return kicks and the NFL is trying to get rid of kick returns. He actually, right now it's McBride is fourth. That That's the intriguing one. I don't know when McBride, I think we might be putting too much on how quickly he's going to play a lot. I think eventually he does, but that's one I'm curious about in Keep in mind, I think the last OTA that I attended was the first one that he took part in as well. So he's probably a little bit behind the curve, but I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing okay. it out there. Year two okay. personnel packages change. 
The Vikings definitely want to use different and more uh, diversified personnel packages offensively. All right. Okay. All right. We'll trust. We'll trust the sports dad. We'll trust the sports dad. Minicamp musing number four. There is nothing secondary about it. That is the battle in the secondary, and what we will see. Now here's. Boy, the cl- I didn't know we were going to get the clever headlines along I, I, I with figured, the musings here. It's what musings. a what a, what a pleasant Monday <laughs> surprise here. I mean, when I bring the musings, I might as well bring the cleverness that come with them. Uh, This is intriguing because what we saw in OTAs, and I don't know if he was banged up and they were trying to bring him along slowly, which is very possible coming off the injuries that he had last year. Byron Murphy Jr. did not play a ton or did not take a ton of snaps. He took some in OTAs. I would expect that's not going to change. So what we are going to see, and the coaching staff probably likes this, what we are going to see, I think, is uh, still a steady diet of Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans at the outside corners competing there. And that is one of the most important things because it sounds like what they're planning on is Murphy's going to start on the outside. But, if, you know, of course, they're in nickel a ton. So he's going to go inside then. And Blackman will get a chance, I think, to be the backup inside. But the Vikings, as far as the outside corners go, are probably or would prefer uh, if they can stay healthy and hold up, that Booth Jr. and Evans consistently are the guys that come in outside. So that's going to be a huge part of the f- of factoring in here. Can they stay healthy, and where are they at in Flores' mind, too? So I think the secondary, and especially the corners, is going to be extremely intriguing because judging from what they did last year, I could tell you this. I think decisions are going to have been made largely going into training camp. Interesting. Like yeah, I mean, Lewis Seen was was one of them for sure, yep. right? So yeah, I'm I am excited to watch how that plays out. There's so many different combinations of things. There, so you've got like the depth chart battle of who are the actual starters, but then you've got how are they going to use the scheme in a unique way that we haven't seen here in a while. So it is even without like full pad workouts, it is a fun thing to see what combinations they use and what sort of creative, clever things they do because you can't really hide that. There's some offensive things that you just won't put out there when the media is watching, or whatever. On the defensive side, you're installing a whole like you, you don't have that luxury, I guess, of of holding things in your back pocket. You have to see if Cam sure. Bynum can do what you need in a hybrid role. You have to see what Lewis Seen can do in some of these young cornerbacks. So that's question two right. because is Lewis Seen going to get a chance to compete? Because right now it's Bynum, Harrison Smith, and the Rover, the third safety, the big nickel <laughs> is Josh Metellus. So that would have been the role that I thought Seen might play. And I am curious to see if he is allowed to mix in at times first team-wise because that's a huge one to me. Like, if you've just decided, Seen's still not a starter, and yes, he's. I'm sure that the leg is playing a role here, so I'm not trying to dismiss that. But I am curious to see what type of chance he's going to get right now and in training camp as well. So there we go. There's just a little wetting of the appetite as we send Judd out to Vikings mandatory minicamp Tuesday and Wednesday this week. And uh, we may have a special guest in Kevin O'Connell making his return to the show sometime. We're hoping this week. So we keep you guys posted on that. Uh, those musings presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been around for a long time, over 100 years to be precise, helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources At Federated, they're also really interested in working with next-generation business owners. So if you're taking over a family company or maybe you recently did 
and you're just looking for some more guidance, Federated Insurance has all sorts of expertise and resources for you. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes. There's a little uh, Monday reckless speculation and some mandatory minicamp musings. We're looking forward to Judd's observations at practice and a fun week here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment, yes, even in June and July for those asking. We'll see you guys tomorrow.